there's a man yeah. driving home from work. Yeah. And I'll tell you what he's in. He's in a seven se- a late 97 series because his in-car phone rings and he picks it up and it's his wife, Deborah. She says, uh, Dougal, be careful. I thought I'd warn you because I've just seen on the news there's a madman driving down the wrong way uh, on the motorway. And he said, Deborah, it's not just one of them. They're all doing it. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Should we just stop the podcast there? Yeah, I think that's the end. That's us We've done. peaked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I think, shall we roll on to the pod? Yeah, let's get started. Did you just rub your hands? I did. <laughs> I'm cold. Nerd. Oh, I thought you were rubbing that excitement. Oh, no. <laughs> I am. But, but I'm now, let's get on with the pod. Let's get started. Welcome to the Facts and Furious podcast. Oh, thanks. Weekly... <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> Every week you say, welcome to the Facts and Furious podcast. And because I'm the only person at the other end of it. Oh, thanks, Hetesh. <laughs> such a warm welcome. <laughs> I just see every week you come in with such a cheery attitude. And you, I give you very little back. But, <laughs> but sorry, yeah, just no. get started again. <laughs> Welcome to the Facts and Furious podcast, a weekly rundown of the latest and greatest automotive news, followed by our sometimes furious take from the Petrohead's perspective. Your two hosts are myself, Hetesh, and also James. On today's new section of the podcast, we will be covering Could potholes become but a speck in the rearview mirror of Petroheads, thanks to the new JCB machine? Plans to replace road tax and fuel duty? News on the Skoda Enyaq Coupe and Sporty VRS variant? and a new model from Aston Martin, which is claimed to be the most powerful luxury SUV in the world. To end the show, we will look at our mystery car of the week as picked by me, my clue for you, you clean... Clean listeners? <laughs> you clean listeners, you dirty, dirty listeners. <laughs> I had no idea it was that kind of show, Tesh. I know. Where did that come from? I don't know, but the PG rating's just flown out the window. <laughs> No, but I said they're clean. Oh, it's just a keen listeners. <laughs> yeah, they're supposed to be keen listeners, not clean, but they, they might be clean. Maybe not. <laughs> but for you clean listeners, um, and James, <laughs> it's a car oh. that's combined the styling of a Jaguar E-Type uh, with the price point that was much more affordable. And will then end... No, what? <laughs> Did that did that go too quick? No, that was that was the whole thing with the E type, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> that it had the E type styling and was much more affordable. Yeah. So is it an E type? No. I said what? they had it combined the styling of a Jaguar E type of its time, so it looked somewhat similar to an E type, but it wasn't uh, an E type, and it had a lower price point than so, than an E type. Than an E-Type. Yeah. No, so now, now I'm confused because the the whole thing with the E-Type was it was Jaguar's Ferrari killer type car, but at a fraction of the price. So you're yeah. now telling me that there was a car which was just as good looking at the time, yeah. but was even more affordable. Yes. That's why I I had so many other clues that I could have given you, but it just would have given the car away. So this was my clue to you. Okay, which no, I'm hoping, fine. just like your clue last week, you know, <laughs> my, you should be the... embarrassed if you didn't get, but get my car last week, but that's fine. <laughs> we'll see what happens with you, James. <laughs> so... Well, with terrible clues like this, nothing. <laughs> well, I'll have a think about it during the pod. It'll be right. fine. Yeah, cool. You've got you've got half an hour to think. So, and then what we'll do, we'll then end our show with some general motoring announcements. So I guess uh, since you've already butted in, James, I guess it's time to pass it over <laughs> to you so you can run through the news. Petrolheads could soon have a new idol to worship, and it's called the JCB Pothole Pro. 
This piece of heavy machinery uses three dedicated attachments, each tailored to rapid repairing of blemishes in the road. JCB claims it can fix a typical pothole in as little as eight minutes, which is supposedly four times faster than traditional methods. Stoke-on-Trent City Council have been forward thinkers and are the first local authority to deploy a pothole pro, and in 130 days repaired the same area of road as would have taken 1,040 days using a conventional workforce. The machine roughly £165,000 or £600 per month on a reasonable finance agreement, with Lord Bamford, JCB, JCB chairman, saying, Potholes really are a blight on our nation, and the solution we have developed with the JCB Pothole Pro offers a quick and permanent fix. The writing could be on the wall for road tax and fuel duty as the Transport Committee evaluates the future of motoring taxes. The UK switch to alternatively fuelled vehicles, specifically those powered by electrons, is expected to create a £35 billion hole in the UK government's annual budget. This is because neither fuel duty nor vehicle excise duty, aka road tax, are currently levied on electric vehicles. The Transport Committee has produced a report on the situation and looked at how best to overcome the shortfall in tax. One of the most widely supported options is a national road pricing system, which could see motorists charged based on where, when and how far and for how long they use their car. The report included a number of recommendations, including that any replacement tax should be revenue neutral and not cost motorists any more than they currently pay, and also that it should entirely replace fuel duty and vehicle excise duty rather than being added alongside these taxes. The Skoda Enyaq Coupe and Enyaq VRS will be going on sale during spring this year with deliveries from late summer. Prices are expected to start from £40,000 for entry-level models or £55,000 for range-topping VRS versions. The Enyaq Coupe will be available with only one battery size, but there will be three different power outputs. The least powerful will be rear-wheel drive and produce 201 brake horsepower from a single motor. Middle of the performance hierarchy are the twin-motor, four-wheel drive models, producing 261 brake horsepower. The most powerful option is the VRS model, which again uses two motors but produces 299 brake horsepower. Skoda's claim that the maximum range from an Enyaq Coupe is 339 miles, which is 10 miles more than the SUV model. Aston Martin has released details on its DBX 707, which it calls the world's most powerful luxury SUV. It will be built in the South Wales plant in St Anthem, and it will use a Mercedes-derived 4-litre twin-turbo V8 engine producing 697 brake horsepower, or 707 PS. Torque comes in at a meaty 900 newton meters. It'll be four-wheel drive, and not to 62 miles per hour will take a claimed 3.3 seconds, which is 0.1 seconds faster than the latest Porsche 911 GT3. Top speed is not confirmed, but the standard DBX will reach 181 miles per hour. Prices are as yet unconfirmed, but what is confirmed is a more aggressive styling. Look. That's a very long pause between the yeah. styling look. That was not a smooth sentence. <laughs> but we're going to just plow on to the com- to the main part of the pod. Cool. Okay, Hetesh, how much do you love a pothole? Very much so. I mean, what what more can you, you know, ask for when traveling down your local roads, and if you if it's a smooth road, it's not good enough, is it? No, I mean, really, the ideal journey is potholes with someone in a big SUV behind you, blinding you, with then a gritter coming at you at fifty miles an hour, peppering your paintwork with grit. I think that's really the ultimate journey. Oh yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you just described the ideal road scenarios. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and also average speed check. That's oh yeah, there too. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But kind of glad to hear what JCB have come out with. I guess something that will hopefully speed up our road workers with uh, filling out these potholes, and hopefully we can drive drive down them a bit quicker. Then, yeah, I mean, it just if it, I, I like the fact that Stoke, if you know, that if they're claiming the, if they've done what, over a thousand days worth of work in one hundred and thirty days, That's that very... surely screams to councils. 
that they should be getting one of these themselves. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of looking forward to just hearing about when these vehicles, uh, yeah, when more of these councils will start taking up these vehicles because it would be great to get a few of these potholes filled around my house. <laughs> my house, get my potholes filled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blooming tired of shoveling tarmac to fix my own potholes. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that. <laughs> Actually, I don't think you're. Actually, I think you can get in trouble for filling potholes without the required. Well, it's, um, yeah. Uh, there was um, a man a couple of years back. I can't remember no. where it was. <laughs> who was um, painting penises over bottles to force the council into coming in to, to repair them. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was there was a whole article about it. I thought it was great. I, I really wanted to take up his methods. <laughs> you wanted to take up painting penises. <laughs> I could do a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, that took an interesting turn. I'm going to just scoot <laughs> on back over to potholes. The what what uh, baffles me about the the because JCB have done a bit of promotional marketing material around this, so you can watch a video where it shows you the stuff it it, it does. It's, it's not the most thrilling of watches. It's not in the Netflix and chill category, but it doesn't look overly complicated. Like, right. Why why is it taking this long? Yeah, and also. <laughs> Yeah, you know, if they do cost around one hundred and sixty-five thousand pounds, if we won, the, if you won the Euro Millions, would you buy one? Um, I'd, I'd PCP finance it off to my local. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Six hundred I mean, pounds a month seems low for one hundred and sixty-five grand. Exactly, that's what I was, the first thing I thought when he said six hundred pounds a month, but the value is one hundred and sixty-five PCPs. That is that the route that the council is going? Or? Wait, I, sh- I should say that I pulled that bit of information from not from JCB's media site or anything. That was from an article on Auto Express. So we'll give them credit if it's right, and yeah. we'll also throw them under the bus if it's wrong. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we've got someone to blame, and it's a big, <laughs> yeah. yeah, big firm. Uh, so, but you could you could get a few, couldn't you? You, could, you even if you do, just bought them. If, if if I won the lottery, and I'm talking your millions lottery, I would happily buy a couple of them for my for my local council and just like, do your worst. Could you start in this postcode, which would happily be the bit which surrounds my house? Oh yeah, I could, yeah, a great business plan. Just get one of these. It'll cut down the cost. Of repairing these potholes, and you could still charge the council quite a bit. Well, interesting you should say that, Hetesh. It's almost like we're sharing the same notes. Uh, <laughs> apparently, it only costs £29.28 and p per square metre to re- repair using this. Oh, damn. Well, we have Cheaper. no idea how much it costs to do it with a man and a shovel, but if they've put it in the marketing, I'm assuming it's a good thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds cheaper than getting my flooring done at home, so... <laughs> Is that is, yeah, so? I mean, that's a good price. We don't need tarmac. We need carpet. <laughs> yeah. They put car in the name. <laughs> yeah, they did. So. Yeah. Okay, so we're big fans of that. Yeah, looking to see more of these vehicles. Yeah, I wonder how many they've got made. I wonder how. Yeah, I mean, especially I mean, there was a whole crisis around having HGV drivers, and you know, we were really struggling with people with the right. Just qualifications or the skills to drive these big vehicles. I guess yeah. I'm not sure need... this. I'm sure this has a ridiculously small top speed. Does it? <laughs> yeah, not quite Citroen Ami. I don't think. Or maybe it's probably in the similar. But I'm sure it. It one of the bits was it was. It, it's not the kind of thing you're going to just nip to the shops in and fix a couple of potholes on your way. Probably need a HEV license or something along that line to drive one of these. Oh, oh! I'll tell you what, I'd love to do. And this is a bit of a sidebar. I'd love to have. I'd love to complete my driving license. You know, just to have all of the little blob. You know, all the little symbols. Yeah. Oh, that, that's actually on my bucket list of things to do. Oh, is it? Yeah. So oh. I've already ticked off the motorbike bit. Um, just need to get yeah. a few more done. Yeah. What else is that? Minibus. That's trendy. I, heard, I, I hear people love people with a minibus license. I need to get a trailer license. Yeah. Oh, so that that are we getting sidetracked here? But it's a fun sidetrack. So I'm gonna go it with is. it. <laughs> yeah. the, are we allowed to? We're allowed to tow up to a. Is it three thousand five hundred kilograms total weight of car and trailer? Yes. Yeah. How do people enforce that? Uh, no idea. I have no idea. Because like if I was at three point six, 
But then you, I guess you can probably tell. Well, yeah. How do you know who's driving the vehicle? But then the other thing is, I guess you can tell if a car's or a vehicle's been weighed down because you know sometimes when you're driving down the road and you see that van which is just squatting down to the ground and you're like, "Yep, he's ah. definitely uploaded." But how? But still, how would you know? How would you know if it's if you if you kind of you're over it or or if you're under it? Uh, they do have checking points uh, where, well, this is if you get flagged down by the motoring police. You're not going um, quick enough. <laughs> yeah, not quick, quick enough. They can take you onto scales um, and then weigh the whole vehicle. I just had lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Blame it on that. Can I take my clothes off, please, officer? <laughs> uh, that is how I got into trouble. That was, uh, in hindsight, a poor, a poor request to put in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I said last distraction before we we must move on. But the I actually, you know. The police interceptors, that kind of TV show. Yep. I always, I, I've never seen anyone it being it happening, but I passed someone getting filmed the other day. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, I was, I was coming past the junction for, uh, it was to go to the A fifty nine to York, and there someone was in a lowered, I want to say it was a Polo. It was yep. one. Of, it was a. I'm sure it was a Vag, Vag yep. car, probably mid noughties and it was wrapped in matte, matte purple with gold wheels. Oh, right. Right. So, you know, if I was to pick a car that might get pulled over by the police, yeah. it would have it would have been on the shortlist if it had been in the lineup. Right. So note to self: look out for more <laughs> purple bag car yeah. <laughs> on police interceptors. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Right. So JCB, uh, yay or nay? I think we should still do yay or nay. You buy it. I've said I'd buy it. Yeah, I'd buy it. Cool. Nice. So, road tax and fuel duty. Yep. So, just so we can we can get to so make sure we're singing off the same hymn sheet here. So, according to the 2018 budget, uh, the road tax or VD, whatever you want to call it, should be solely spent on maintaining the road network in the UK. Which is confusing because if you look into it, the internet suggests that it's definitely not. But 2018 yeah. budget, that's that's as far as we understand it, and which is about seven billion pounds a year. Yep. The remaining amount of this thirty-five billion pounds comes from fuel duty, which goes into a central government pot, which is then distributed for, for to to a number of different areas, isn't it? Including yeah, education goes... or just wherever it needs to go. Yeah. And what's happened is the powers that be are aware that as we move towards alternatively fueled vehicles, which for now seems to just be electric cars, fuel fuel duty, because there's no road fund tax, they're going to end up with this big hole in the budget. And the options or the obvious options are on the table aren't all that appealing. So one of them is to go, well, we'll just let fuel duty die. Yeah, but then you end up in a situation where non-road users are technically funding road users because. Yeah, the, I mean, there's a whole infrastructure of electric vehicles that needs to go up, and I guess the maintenance of the roads it still needs to be done. But now you've got a whole thirty-five billion pound, or sorry, it will be bigger by that point. Um, Pothole, uh, not pothole, <laughs> hole to go. Oh, potholes <laughs> on the brain. <laughs> Yeah, actually, so I think I said that wrong. Actually, so when I say let fuel duty recline, it must be let fuel duty and VED decline, because yeah. although unless unless after twenty twenty five they go, we're going to take a bit of fuel duty and a bit of road tax to do, to do road repairs. Yeah, um, but yeah, so you you what you would you were talking about potholes, but not talking about potholes. No, yeah, I mean there's a massive hole for them to cover. So thirty five billion pounds. Yeah, how do they tax us? Well, we put in a replacement tax mechanism. <laughs> yeah, and of that, there is a, the couples that were suggested in in this report. One was that you have, you could have a special tax on electricity used to charge electric cars. So, in you, you know, although it would be the same electricity supplied to your house, you would, I guess, have to pay an extra however many p per kilowatt hour. Yeah, but I think that was the main downside to that is you'd likely have to have costly infrastructure to put that in place. Yep. Um, 
Whereas the other option is national road pricing, which would, I don't think it's the only way to do it, but the way that the report was suggesting was that it could be done off telematics. So a bit like how your black boxes work or how any kind of GPS tracking works. The information is fed through a system so that you know if you're using your car in the middle of London, in rush hour, you know, for however many miles a day, you would get, you would be charged X amount. Yeah, I, I thought that was quite interesting that that was the most popular option because we're sort of heading into a world where it's getting quite big brothery. And I think that's no, generally... It's so <laughs> sad. And Tetesh is in the big brother. That was such a bad Georgia accent. <laughs> that was, that was tough. Sorry. I've got to go back to Mitt Raw Center. Hetesh is in the big brother. Oh, I just give up. <laughs> <laughs> you went far off that time. Yeah. We're, we're heading into that world where we've mentioned this again and again, where what if you don't want to opt into that system? Um, and I'm, I'm surprised to hear that this is the option that seems to be most uh, favoured upon out of all the options that they picked up on. Well, I think part of, part of the pluses, some people argue that a system like this could help reduce congestion. Yeah, because if you go well, it's most expensive to drive at the most busy periods of time. At most busy periods of time, just the most busy periods, then you're less likely to do that journey. Yep, which kind of makes sense. Yeah, I guess it works for London, um, and it's, I guess it's that sort of tax that you have. So, like with the congestion charge, you kind of implementing that, but on a, a much larger scale. No, but actually, we say that it works for London. That life, life goes on outside of London. We both live outside London. And scary thing on the petrol head point of view, if it's done by use of the road, if we were to go and do the North Coast 500 or if we were to do a, a lap around any national parks, whatever we want to do, does that mean we're going to get hammered for having fun? Is there Would there be no distinction? Hopefully they won't have signal to pick up on the roads that we're using. <laughs> yeah, or how many yeah. runs do we do of it? Yeah. You joke, but if they uh, and I said this on last week's podcast, and you said no, but they if the, if the recommendation from this committee is that the any new system would have to wholly replace the old system, it would mean there's no fuel duty. Fuel fuel duty would go, so fuel would be significantly yeah. cheaper. I well, in my head, I still struggle to see that happening. Reason being because I can't see older car users so. Older meaning anyone with a petrol or you know a nice engine. Oh, not the actual driver. Yeah, the not the car. driver. The the yeah the actual car itself. Considering how many cars that have internal combustion engines are on the road right now, to get them all onto a framework where they're all paying by the usage or how much of the road they use and so on and what time, you're then relying on everyone to then, well, maybe pay for this extra bit that needs to go in your car to pick up. Or send this relay this data, you know, all those other bits. How many yeah. people are actually going to do that? Um, and just implementing this whole thing would just cost so much money. Yes, yes and no. But it, let's say, for example, black box insurance. Take that as an example. That's not. It's not some logistical nightmare. People people have these black boxes fitted. People have them removed. Yeah. It, it it does happen. Uh, but you also just said something then, which was really, which I thought that's a good point. I'm going to come with a counterpoint. But being that I'm clearly ninety, I can't remember what it was for the life of me. I'm glad. Uh, what were the points you made? You made you said so. It's just yeah, just trying to implement. Tesh, I remember the point I was going to make. Right. Yes, I'm not as old as I thought I was. So, if but so let's say they keep fuel duty, they bring in a national road pricing scheme. Let's, for example, keep. Let's say that they're keeping in VED as well. Yep. The problem that that we would be having is you've got then three different types of tax. Plus, you have places like Central London with the ULEZ zone. We know Manchester's bringing in a clean air zone. There'll be other yep. cities and other local authorities bringing in extra costs and taxes for for cars. Whether that's them trying to sneakily raise a bit more money or actually trying to dissuade people from driving petrol diesel cars in the city centre, the government loses control or it becomes harder to have whole-scale policy changes if there's lots of different, you know, splinter fractions of the 
of the yeah. government coming up with their own policies. So like, let's say, for example, in Hull, let's say there is nothing. You can just you can go nuts in Hull, do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. You know, power your car with baby seals. They don't care. But you go to Bristol, and that baby seal powered car costs you five thousand pounds a night. The government couldn't, if they then come in with an additional tax of say a hundred pounds, the people in Bristol aren't going to care. But the people in Hull would be like, ah, that's fine. I can deal with a hundred pounds. I'll just sell some baby seals, raise some money. Yeah, but the way I'd probably see it is they'd probably introduce the new. Well, actually, the new tax is supposed to replace the old system. But then, how do you, just the cost of implementation would be so high that they might just say it. For example, it'll be all cars produced from let's say twenty fifteen onwards that may have that telematics capability to implement this new system. All older cars might uh, remain on that older system or maybe just all electric vehicles might go over to this new system and all petrol vehicles stay on the old system yeah i think how do you then how does it become that would be a difficult question then and how they make sure it is both fair and still appealing because i think one of the things which the government has previously previously said are you giggling over there no Oh, it sounded like you were giggling. <laughs> no, no, sniffling. Yes. Um, um, but I think one of the, one of the things the government's previously said is that they need to make sure that the uptake of moving to electric vehicles is matched by the ramping up of of taxing of that category, that type of transport. Yeah. So they've been. I mean, I guess they've been open about it, but it's still depressing. Uh, but I guess maybe the key would have been to be an early adopter and then you get the tax benefits. Yeah, I know. I thought that part was weird, doesn't it? How so far we've always talked about making electric cars more affordable and now they're talking about matching it because in their head it's it's at a point where it's now fair. Well, I think yeah, I think the affordability is actually a bit of a double-edged sword because as soon as they start becoming more affordable, more people buy them. And so then the more people buy them, the more second-hand models become available, which means even more affordable models, which means even more people buy them, which means even more people don't pay any kind of uh, road tax or fuel duty. Yeah. Uh, and I think the latest statistics were that they're ahead of electric car sales are ahead of where they were originally forecast to be by the... I think it was Office for Office 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 for National Office. Statistics, <laughs> which actually just imply uh, employ Sean Connery's entire family to do the work. But the <laughs> yeah, so I think they 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 they're having they're thinking they need to step up. But I don't know whether the actual the facts and figures are slightly skewed because of COVID. If they you know if petrol and diesels have kind of slumped a bit more than they would have done. We everyone, I I hate saying it, but has the semiconductor shortage been been a contributor? Yeah. I, I was going to say that next, but I'm glad you said it before <laughs> yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah. But um, okay, so would you be in favour of if they said from 2025, yeah, we're going to tax cars or we're going to trial a system? I mean, that's just it though, because they go the speed the government works, they're going to have to trial it. So they trial a system. And it's using telematics to pull back data. Would you be, would you be fine with that? Would you be up for that, or would you be against it? Um, to a certain extent, I won't feel comfortable with it because it's it's the whole idea of being watched. But on the other end, I also think, is it really going to work as effectively as? Because, for example, I've I've got my three fifty that I don't use at all, but I still oh, pay. I've, th- I've never heard you not mention a three fifty before <laughs> on the show. <laughs> It's, it, it comes up all the time. That car, I pay... So the year's road tax, I think it was like 340 and I don't actually use it. They should, they've should missed a trick there, haven't they? Just yeah. throw another tether in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they really should have. But I, that car has generally stood up, you know, 10 months of the year and it only comes out two months at a time. So... I'm not saying I paid the 340 for the year because I generally saw it. I'm not that Your big of an idiot. Big box over here, paying for <laughs> 12, only you two. But I can see in those sorts of scenarios, maybe this works out better for me, but at the same time, um, maybe I only want to pull it out for those two months and it maybe cover enough miles to, to last me all year. I won't be too happy. Yeah, I mean, that that that's a fair point, actually, because if you go... Yeah, if it, if you're doing if you're doing two thousand miles a year just for 
your road trips. But then, as I say, if your fuel duty's gone, then that that'll help. Uh, yeah. But if so, oh, if I'd the... love to see the fuel prices come down. That, that would be great. But yeah, I just in my head, I still can't see that happening. Yeah, I mean that's and also just thinking, I, I struggle to get to grips with what you're saying because I was thinking about this as you were saying it, and I can't multitask apparently. <laughs> but if so, if, let's say if you lived, so you're a farmer and you live five miles from the nearest village, that means in theory you're going to get. They're, they're surely going to be worse off. But then they said that it would be down to the areas that you're driving as well. Oh, yeah, so maybe assuming... they do it by yeah. region, yeah. Um... But that's where the whole big brothery part comes in, and it's annoying because <laughs> that's that's where you're being watched. Yeah, and then when they did, there was the, someone suggested that there should be concessions for societal fairness. So whether you yeah. have an allowance of a certain amount of free miles each year, or people that, or maybe gearing the system to support vulnerable people. Yeah. But that means then your road, the equivalent of your road tax and your fuel duty has to then be connected to who you are. Yeah. As a person. Or maybe you, the, maybe the car would have to be registered as a, but then if it's the car, yeah. then anyone could, yeah, that just sounds like it's open for abuse at that point as a system. Oh, I think the whole system's going to be open for abuse. There's going to be people <laughs> hacking it. They'll be like, oh, you know, this car never moves. It, it never it never gets driven. But it turns out somebody's hacked it and maybe the box is sitting at home. They're yeah. out and about. <laughs> Taking out the infotainment system. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do that. But whatever this box is, <laughs> that's coming straight out. Okay, so I think we both sound all I'd have to do is, on this. Yeah, all I'd have to do is wind back the cock. <laughs> so, yeah, hit it in reverse. <laughs> yeah. Put on some bricks. Uh, but yeah, so it sounds like we're both sceptical about this. Do you have, are there any alternative ideas which come come to mind? Um, No. I, to be honest, it's, it's a difficult one. So I'm going to leave it up to those geniuses to work out. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one. I think the current system works, but it won't in the future. So unless they start taxing all these electric vehicles, but then at that point, it just makes it seem quite expensive to own an electric vehicle, which is, I guess the whole point is we want people to move away from petrol to electric. So, yeah. And but that, and that's, I think the, the difficult part though with the taxing is because uh, fuel duty works is the majority of the, the money we're talking about, the 35 billion, it's around 28 of the billion. Yeah. The, the the way fuel duty works is ideal because you use road you use the road more you buy more fuel you yeah. therefore pay more tax you buy an uneconomical car which is what they don't want you to do you need more fuel you pay more tax yeah it it works it works really well as a from a government point of view it it kind of ruins our hopes of a five liter V eight in our lives but yeah that's, that's probably not what they're designing the policies for until we come to power that is yeah so. A way for the electric cars to. I wonder if you had, you know, because most new cars now that I can think of, the car manufacturer makes an app for that car. Yeah. So there's a connection between the car and the app. What if it was? You you almost you buy a, you, maybe it's either a tax return or you buy tokens or so, somehow it works where it's through your phone and you basically go, I want to use a thousand miles worth of road oh so like a yeah or you automatically builds yeah where it but then you get into the telematics then you're basically the telematics then aren't you you are automatically that's what i was just thinking at that point it just becomes yeah you can only really do it with your newer electric cars that have those smart capabilities to no pet pets on come with that kind of features that's actually no a... that's true yeah yeah because there's a couple of cars where you can yeah, they will monitor your journeys as you're driving along. So, yeah, they, and they log the number of miles. So it's it's a tricky one to try and sort of resolve. Okay. But, I but think... we'll watch that space. Yeah. Okay. So that then brings us on to uh, a topic which I think we're both going to enjoy being miserable about. Yeah, the Skoda Enyaq. Not, but more specifically, the Enyaq Coupe. Yeah. Uh, on a scale of one to chop your left hand off, how much do you want that car? 
Um, you're not going to like hearing this. I what? had a look at the pictures, and I didn't think it looked too bad. <laughs> Is it so, some sometimes, Hitesh? Sorry, <laughs> just sometimes you can't unsay things. Okay, so not that it's okay. Just to be clear, I guess not the Enyaq Coupe, but more specifically the VRS variant of the Enyaq Coupe. I guess that's what I would I wouldn't mind driving around as a daily. As a, from a price that... point, I thought it was quite well priced. Fifty five thousand for an F- electric car. Quite well priced. Fifty five grand. What planet are you on? <laughs> I'm trying to compare in what my in my head what a similar electric car would cost, right? Or I'm similar sort of styling. Yeah, someone once said that we know the price of everything and the value of nothing. <laughs> right, who was that? I think it was George Orwell, but I don't actually know. <laughs> right, the fifty-five grand for. And for a less practical version of a supposedly practical car, seems crackers to me. But it looks cool. Does it? It looks like someone said to someone, make me a chunky Hot Wheels. And then for some crazy reason, they decided to make a real car from it. Yeah. That's why it's cool. <laughs> That's but you not know cool. what? Like, you know what sorts of cars I like? They're generally horrendous whatever. ones. Horrendous that ones that you'd crushed. find in yeah, Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift, those sorts of. Whoa, style. sorry, sorry. <laughs> you think in the next Fast and Furious film they're going to be bombing round in a Skoda Enyaq coupe? You never know. So okay. I know, no, no, <laughs> no, Hitesh, I do know. I can see. I will. I will bet my next door neighbour that they are not going to be driving around in a Skoda in the next Fast and Furious film. Yeah, you're probably right with that, but still. <laughs> also, another objection I have to cars like this is for some reason they're classed as SUVs, or people call them SUVs or crossovers now, but to yeah. me, they just look like big people carriers. It does. Too. I, I just, I think the whole obsession with SUVs is a bit of a... It's one that I don't really agree with right now. But you like SUVs. I do, but... I do, okay, they are a bit excessive for the road. I don't think there should be as many as we see on the road right now. Uh, I do like them, but I just don't think there should be as many of them. So you think less people should be buying SUVs? Yeah. Um, quick question. Uh, what car did you buy for your mum? <laughs> An SUV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me just Google something. Pot kettle black. Hatesh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> But the reason for that was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she wanted an SUV. <laughs> oh well, that in that case, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> I don't agree with it, but that's what I'm going back to. I don't, I don't agree with the whole idea of SUVs. I think she would have been better off with a saloon or something along that line, or an estate, like I did. But yeah, smart move. Uh, oh well, who? Why did you get an estate? Which smart, sexy person told you to do that? Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to agree to that. <laughs> okay, just the sexy part. That's fine. The right. Okay, so so for you, for the range topping model, fifty five thousand pounds is acceptable, and you get three hundred brake horsepower. Yeah, um, I just think in my head the the figures didn't stack up too bad. I I thought it worked out quite well considering it's four wheel drive, three hundred brake horsepower, fifty five thousand. You know, what other cars could you really buy for that sort of price range? With oh, funny, you should ask me that, Hetesh. Actually, I can oh. get a Mark One R8 manual and okay, no, no, I mean, new. I know, and like the, but this is, 25 this is... throwaway Renault Clios to use on the daily while I, while I can't yeah. afford the R8 fuel. <laughs> but this is what I mean, like, we're comparing like for like, so you know, brand new, we're going with oh, so I could get a Renault Zoe. But is that in any way comparable to a 300 brake horsepower VRS? Well, I'm going to say, I mean, yes, it, it's much smaller. Yeah. Yes, it's not as, as the cabin doesn't look quite as modern. But I'm not buying the VRS for power or fun or any of that. I'm buying the VRS as my daily grind. I don't. Yeah. I, I just. But why would you get the VRS at that point? You'd go for I the, wouldn't. Just the I'd get the Zoe. 
<laughs> right, okay. Yeah. But I think from a, you know, for if you needed a combination of looks with price and practicality, I guess to a certain well, maybe not practicality, we'll get rid of that bit. But I guess price, uh, range and looks. I, I think it's not badly priced. Or it it sits about right in my head. Hmm. I just think I I think for if I was going down a practical the route of practical battery powered ish car, I would be looking at something like and I know it's again it's slightly smaller, but something like a Hyundai Ionic. And it might even be the Fev version. Yep. But I just I don't know. I it just yeah, I, I just, it... I just don't understand the appeal. I think that's the problem. If, if yeah, it, you know, I, I get that different things appeal to different people, but yeah, that just seems crazy. Um, I mean, this okay. Is, yeah. So, just uh, for the avoidance of any doubt, yay or nay, Hetesh? I, I guess, yeah, you can tell it's a yay for me. So, uh, but oh, actually, let me quantify that a bit better. So, you have fifty-five thousand pounds in your pocket, and you want an affordable daily driver. And it has to be new. And it has to be new. You would pick this. I probably would. Yeah. I, I could. I oh. could see myself as in one of these. I, I can't think of any other cars that are sub fifty k with that sort of styling. Oh, this isn't sub fifty k. Well, unless you were talking about the standard models. No, just the standard model as well. I mean, what else is there? Actually, I'm going to have a quick Google, but I, I can't think of any other cars that are Mocha? sub 50k. Get a Mockery, get a Peugeot. I mean, these ones are slightly smaller, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, there's just not really much else out there that you I can You can get think a Model of. 3 for that kind of money. But I kind of, I've kind of said in the past, I don't really like Teslas. Oh, I yeah. Just don't... Ma- the, the Ford Mustang Mach-E, that's probably... And what that. sort of prices do they start from? I feel like forty grand for the entry level models, although we would have to check. Can you yeah. Google that while you're googling? I am, yes. And what do they start at? So, a Ford Mac E. Yeah, they start from about forty grand. Who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. So actually, it it would be a close contender between something. Yeah, actually, price point wise, they're actually. Pretty much the same. The Mackies. I should add that I would also not have the Mackie. Right. Okay. I just I was giving you other examples of why your choice yeah. is definitely wrong. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's the closest thing that's probably on the market. Well, you got the ID three, ID four. I don't really like those. To be Voxel honest. Combo E. If you wanted to be Postman Pat in your spare time. <laughs> yeah, it could be a man and man. <laughs> Do you say man and man? <laughs> Do you mean man and man and van or man in van? Man in van. I just don't know. Man and man guy. Man in <laughs> man son. guy. I, just, I can't think of a better way to say it. Okay. I, I could be a man with with a van. A man with a van. Yeah. Nice. So you 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 you. This would be maybe not an outright yay, but with a okay. bit more investigation, it would be up on the. It's up in the top three yays. Yeah, it would be. If if I was spending time looking for a an SUV that was electric, it would probably be one that I'd consider. Right. Okay. Um I'm gonna just uh, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it, mine would be a nay. I know, you, you made that very clear, James. If you <laughs> did get one, it would probably be the end of our friendship. You said that about all SUVs, I mean... <laughs> Yes. I still stand by it. <laughs> I know, I'm kinda of worried. Especially the Lamborghini Urus. Yeah, interesting you brought that up because I guess this also goes back into that whole SUV. <gasps> that wasn't even intentional. It wasn't, was it? But no. Just, just the whole SUV idea, I know, we, I've already just said that. Don't quite get people's attention, but especially now you've got these luxury car brands like Ferrari potentially bringing out an SUV. Yeah. I just think it's bonkers. These cars or these or, manufacturers. What was it? Aston Martin bringing out the DBX 707. And you know what? Perfectly leading us into it. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, you got these manufacturers bringing out... Yeah, all these luxury SUVs. I mean, these these manufacturers particularly have always stuck to cars that were close to the ground and quick. And now they're going way off the ground and still quick. <laughs> but you, you've got to ask why. Why are they doing that? 
Yeah, I guess it's people's obsession. Or maybe people's it's obsession. Because... That's where the money's at. Yeah, I guess so. I guess. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't a few few podcasts ago. You know, the Bentayga, most popular Bentley of the year. McCann, most popular Porsche of the year. And there was another one, but I can't remember. But I started off really well, so I'm going to continue like I can remember it. That was also the best-selling model of the year. Yeah, <laughs> um, and now you've got Aston Martin with theirs. <laughs> so. Yeah, and and I know we I know we've included this in this week because it's crazy. It's absolutely nuts that you can go and buy a an SUV made by Aston Martin, but b an SUV made by Aston Martin with basically 700 brake horsepower. I it's it's nuts. Yeah, but it's, completely irrelevant. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, who's going to go 700? I mean, who's going to use all 700 brake horsepower? No one. But do you know yeah. what's crazy is that this model is, has 155 brake horsepower more than the standard model and 200 newton meters more than the standard model. My daily driver doesn't have that in itself anyway. It doesn't have more power or torque than this has just extra power and torque. Yeah, it's, it's bonkers. <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's going to be an interesting car, and yeah, I think one of the statistics that they popped up it's zero point one seconds faster than the latest nine eleven GT three. That is ridiculous. Yeah, but which one would you rather have? Oh, I'd take the GT three. Yeah, uh, yeah. This car will not handle like the dream that a GT three would. I'm gonna throw it out there as well. I think the DBX is is quite ugly. Yeah, I wasn't too big of a fan. I I just thought yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. Okay. Finally. Well, actually, yeah, for woohoo, time and date, people. Note it. Uh, the, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to extend that even further, actually. And I do not particularly like the styling of modern Aston Martins. I, I don't yearn for them like I yearned for the old Vantage or stuff like the DB7. There are, there are, yeah. Okay, no, I see, I see what you mean. But there are certain models that I still think are just. Bang on the money. Um, really? Hit me with them. Putting you I'm on gonna, the spot it's, now. it's gone straight. Yeah, it's gone. As soon as he said hit me with it, it's gone straight out of my head. I can imagine it in my head, but I can't. I can't Your mouth it. is writing checks. Your brain can't cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll come back to me at some point. But... Okay. You'll wake up tonight and go, aha! Yeah, and then I'll text you. advantage. <laughs> so, yeah. But, okay. yeah, it just, yeah. I kind of I agree with you with the styling not quite being as, um, I guess it's not elegant. And, it's not elegantly beautiful, is it? It's yeah. Oh. There's just a bit more of a. I, yeah, I can't quite put my finger on, but it's just a bit. There's a bit. Too, it's a bit too busy. It's. It, it feel like it's gone from the, the gentleman's or the gentlewoman's sports sporty car Grand Tourers yep. to. You know, I don't know. Great car for for an Insta banger kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. But on the subject of Insta bangers and styling and stuff, some of the tweaks that they put. So they've put in a new front split, a new a new front splitter, larger grille. You can have wheels which are up to twenty three inches, which is insane. That's huge. The cost of changing the tires is going to be enormous. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, that and that that's actually one of the things which we didn't really cover in last week's podcast about the Gordon Murray automotive, the T thirty three. Yeah, was apparently that that has been designed so that the maintenance costs are reasonable. Like the tires aren't particularly special, and servicing should shouldn't be horrendous. I mean, this is according to Gordon Murray, so whether yeah. or not uh, how accurate it is I, I don't know but he's not replied to my instagram messages so <laughs> is he not <laughs> no. hot date you <laughs> send yeah. uh, but uh, and other because while we're on the subject of changes I've, there's there's actually been quite a few so they've got new turbos this is for the dbx new turbos remapped uh new transmission carbon ceramic brakes are standard the air suspension's been tweaked the electronic anti-roll bar system's been tweaked uh, I think there's a new version of the electronic rear LSD. Hmm. Um, so they have gone to town on this. Yeah. But, you know, how many people are going to buy this car? <laughs> uh, okay. In a normal world, I probably would have said not many people. However, considering how many viewers I've seen on the road, I, I reckon a lot of people are. The, see, I don't think the DBX is selling well. Uh, but that's based on yeah. nothing other than a hunch. Yeah. 
I think it's the Euros sort of takes the highlight in that sort of category of luxury cars. Everyone wants a Lamborghini, and especially a yellow one. Well, that's I an don't. SUV. That was oh, sorry. It, sorry, no, it, sorry. It, this it's is about ten past general sweeping <laughs> the sweeping generalization o'clock, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> everyone wants a Lamborghini. <laughs> okay, not everyone, but you get my point. No, I don't. <laughs> right, <laughs> it seems to be a very popular SUV to see. You know, people that want to show off and just rolling around in. Okay. Whether this would be that next car that sort of trumps the Euros, um, potentially, I guess, since it's got an, an outrageous amount of power. Yeah, um, oh, actually, to be on that, it is not the most powerful SUV in existence. No, but just it's the luxury. They're going for that. They're using yeah. that luxury, aren't they? Yeah, uh, I guess otherwise it would be that Toyota. I can't remember what it's called. There's a Toyota on Top Gear that came up a couple oh, of years the ago. Oh, the Nissan Patrol, was it? Oh, sorry, no, it's the Nissan Patrol. Yeah, you're right. Um, but no, as in, I mean, as in production, I think the in the US market, the Jeep Grand Cherokee, Cher- Cherokee Trackhawk and the Dodge Durango SRT Hellcat, yep. that was also a terrible accident. Turns out, can't do accents. I yeah, think they might have more power. Yeah. <laughs> My name's Billy Bob. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so yay or nay, um, we don't know the price, but let's just assume it's £10 more than we can afford. The uh, Yeah, I'll go with a nay, <laughs> a quick nay. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. Cool. Oh, I guess you missed off one little little bit on the car. The other change was soft closing doors now added. <laughs> oh, yeah, which I, I'm not lie. I think soft closing doors are <laughs> awesome. And have you ever seen on, on, I don't know if other manufacturers do it, but I know Ford do it. They have, yeah. when you when you open the door, they have little plastic covers which come out from inside the door and kind of grip on to the to the metal. So as you, oh, right. as you open it, in theories, you can't open it onto something to damage it. But then as you close the door, it disappears. So you don't have that ugly bit of plastic that some people Yeah. No, I've not seen it, to be honest. I need to now. I I just find it hilarious that that was a new feature that they just added in, considering it's a luxury SUV. (laughs) Well, now it's luxury with the soft-closed doors. I know. Great addition. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I might have to change my name to it. Yeah. I'll just take the doors. (laughs) Yeah. But I guess that brings us to the end, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm happy to, to move on to Mystery Car of the Week. Yes, mystery car. So, uh, are we going to put a jingle in? Yeah, let's put let's plop a jingle in. Let's pop a jingle. So, at the start of this podcast, I gave you a quick hint, which was it's a car that's combined the styling of a Jaguar E-Type of its time with a price point that was much more affordable. I guess even before I get started with the other clues, is do you have a hunch as to what it could be? I'm hoping it's thrown you off because you didn't make last week easy. But no, last week was easy. I sent I sent you an advert for the car in the week uh, uh, just randomly. The fact you didn't you didn't didn't listen to <laughs> sorry. So oh, let, just just let me clarify this stuff for for this week because I'm I'm still a little confused. So. Yeah. The Jaguar E-Type, I think, came out in around 1961-ish. Yep. So th- that is when this car was, a- this mystery car was available. Uh, no, so the Jaguar E-Type, uh, it started off in 1961, but then it carried on till 1970. I want to forget the exact year. Five, but 1970s. Six, five. Yeah, five or six. Four. But th- th- to clarify... Um, I'll give you the production dates of these cars. I think that'll be hint number one, just okay. to make this easier. Is it? Oh my god! No, why, James? <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, this is how you play this game. You use your car knowledge. That was just there was a bit of confusion about it because you, you your first clue was so hard. I feel mean. I feel like I've just told told a toddler that a certain someone doesn't exist. So. Um, yeah. Do you want to give me your clues and I'll pretend not to guess them? No, no, geez, you've just killed off my whole <laughs> segment. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, right. Oh, James, I don't know how to continue anymore. Well, you can applaud. Uh... Yeah, I mean, you know what? Well done, James. Like, I'm, I'm I, yeah, uh, surprised to 
<laughs> you picked it up straight up. What? I didn't but... even get to. I didn't even get to clue number one. No, but... but to be to be fair, Hatesh, it, it, you got it. You got to be a clue game, mate. It's just <laughs> no. I'm, I'm just. Um, I'm sorry to have ruined that for you. But no, I no could... that's completely fine. I, I'm actually glad that you picked up on it. Well, not really, because I was hoping to make this hard. Uh, I was going to pick an import, to be honest, originally, but then I thought. I won't be that mean. I'll pick up something that was available in the UK. Okay. What would um, have been your first clue if I hadn't got it? So I was going to go straight into the first clue, which is then the car was produced between the years of 1969 to 1973. Oh, hold um, on, actually. Sorry. Here's a, here's a problem. If people are listening to this and they're wanting to play along, I have just ruined the game for them. So yeah. if we just... What we'll do is we'll retrospectively put a horn over my guess. Oof, or, yes. or we'll mute it, or we'll do something, and now we'll have the have give us give us the clues one by one. Yep, I, I think that's a good idea. We'll we'll go with that because at least then our listeners can still join in the game, and let's see how many people actually pick up on it. Yeah. So clue number one: uh, the car was produced between the years of nineteen sixty nine to nineteen seventy three. And if anybody wants to have a guess, shout it out now. Oh, not that <laughs> loud. <laughs> Clue number two. It was a three-door coupe. Clue number three. The car featured a 2.4-litre inline six-cylinder engine producing 150 brake horsepower. Clue number four is that it featured a three-speed automatic, but you could buy the car as a manual in either a four or a five speed manual, which I thought was quite interesting. So you're telling me that I could get a manual in either a four speed or a five speed manual? Yeah, you could. <laughs> I just thought, yeah, a bit of a weird thing to look out for. Um, and then the last car, uh, sorry, the last car, the last um, clue was going to be that it's the first generation. Uh, it was the first generation of the Z cars. Um, and then at this point, it would be over to you, James, to guess. Well, that it's a Nissan 250Z or Datsun 250Z. That's right. So I'm hoping somebody else also picked up on the car. Um, but yeah, if you did, let us know. Cool. On Instagram, that is. We're on there now. And uh, yeah, please do give us a follow. We're currently on 16 followers. So hopefully we'll climb up the ranks slowly. <laughs> Uh, Great plug. Brings on to the announcements. Announcements, announcements, announcements. Thanks, James. Always look forward to that bit. So, <laughs> announcements for this week. Uh, Volvo has launched free puncture and windscreen repairs. Ooh. BMW. Smashing. Yeah. Or cracking. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> um, but you're covered by both if you're with Volvo. Uh also, uh, BMW. Um, Who? BMW. BMW. <laughs> I said it quite weirdly, didn't I? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that again. BMW advised police over issue with N57 engines. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. Oh, just, I'm going to just say words and hope. <laughs> Some of them make a sentence. <laughs> BMW police advised N57 engine. <laughs> Go rob your banks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this last announcement is real important. You're going to want to listen closely here. <laughs> oh, this is... oh, right. So, Volvo has launched free puncture and windscreen repairs. On, That's cracking. Perfect timing. <laughs> Thanks, James. I was waiting for you. <laughs> hey, that was painful. Like a you know, pane of glass. Yeah, it's gone, James. Right. Moving on to the next announcement. BMW oh. have advised police over an issue with their N57 engines. Our final announcement is that Manchester's Clean Air Zone has been delayed. Rules were meant to come into force from May this year. And we've covered this in a previous podcast. Um, however, it turns out it has been confirmed that those rules will no longer commence. So the GMCA, which is also known as the Greater Manchester Clean Air Zone Committee, have been given till July to submit any new plans that they have as to when this new 
a clean air zone will be implemented and how it will progress within the year. So uh, there's more news to come out on that as well. I guess that brings us to the end of our podcast. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to cover, James? Uh, no, not really. Just um, that hopefully if you've got any... If you've got any announcements that you'd like us to mention in the next episode, please feel free to drop us a line. Yeah, but also if you want to drop us any reviews or any more feedback, you can contact us either by email or you can uh, add us on Instagram if you search up Automotive and just drop us a DM. Oh, look at you being down with the kids. I know. Getting down with the times. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be on TikTok soon. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Goodbye. Goodbye.